0: Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our vibrant church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to vibranthtx.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Church, how are we doing this Sunday morning? Are you glad to be at church? Come on, let me hear from you. That's what I'm talking about. The 915 is awake, that's what I'm talking about. My name is Michael, Uh, my wife Carmen and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors, and I just want to tell you, we're so honored that that you came to Vibrant today. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests? Come on, let's do it. I love it. I love it. Um, you could probably bring this mic down just a little bit. It's got a little ring to it. Uh, appreciate that. Glad that you are here. So excited. As always, want to take a moment, look directly into the camera. And I want to welcome our online family in. Whether you're watching by yourself or your family, with your family or a watch party, thank you so much for making vibrant part of your Sunday. Uh, let's welcome our online family in from all across the world. Love it. It's literally every week that we either see a new Connect card or we get a message from somebody that's watching that's in a different state from where we're at. And I know everybody would love to be in Texas. Amen. Amen. Everybody would love to be in Texas, but not everybody can be here uh, yet. And so uh, glad that we get to do that. I've got some uh, really, really great news for you guys today. Y'all ready for some good news? okay so look around there's not a lot of seats around left we're gonna have to put out some more chairs uh, for probably 11 o'clock and future so uh, as you know we're in a in the in the middle of a building program and and we're going to be uh, really knocking some walls down very soon on that uh, but right now we're in the fundraising stages of that and because of your giving and because of your generosity today we hit a benchmark are you all ready for the benchmark as of today there is two forty thousand dollars in the forward account. Come on, that's awesome. That is awesome. Our goal to completely fund the project is $280,000. So we're getting very, very close. And yeah, we're getting close. We're gonna be able to be completely funded by the time this thing uh, really about kicks off. And and so that's going to happen very, very soon. So excited about that. Thank you so much for your generosity. Um, This weekend, our ladies went on a little retreat. Uh, Many of the ladies with our, our vibrant women. I just gotta tell you, our life groups are where it's at. If you're any of our life group people, come on, let me hear from you. If you're in a life group... Life groups are where it's at. You need to be in a life group. Our Vibrant Women Life Group, uh, you can sign up for that right now on our website, okay? But our Vibrant Women Life Group went on a little beach retreat, and that's why you're seeing all these purple shirts that say Better Together on them. All these ladies went and uh, had a wonderful time, and any of the ladies, y'all had a good time at the beach this week? Awesome, awesome. Well, in the middle of this, you know, I've got a new business idea, right? Right? Uh, because the dads were at home with the kids all weekend. Come on, somebody. All right, so I got a new business idea. A golf course, stay with me. a golf course that has full child care. You know what I'm talking about? Like they feed them, they change them, they nap them, they do all the things, and you show up and you play as many holes of golf as you can, you know what I'm talking about? So I need an investor to work on that. Anybody with me? Okay, all right, we'll we'll work on that after church today. Uh, Today, we're starting a brand new series, and we're going to be in a book uh, that you may not stay in a lot, okay? It's the book of Haggai, and and it's in the Old Testament, and he's a minor prophet. Now, if you brought your Bible today, and I told you, that hey, we're going to turn to the book of Haggai, you might say, uh-oh, <laughs> where's that at? I don't know where, where is Haggai? Well, let me help you. It's after Zephaniah and before Zechariah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that helps you, right? Thank God for, uh, you know, your version uh, Electronic Bible for this one, right, okay? Let me set it up like this. Life moves so quickly. It moves so quickly now, especially in 2021. You can uh, wake up in a stage of life where you really expected more by now than where you're at let's just be honest you you expected more about life you thought life would be different or you thought life would be better than it was that you're really surprised that this is where you're at let me give you an example maybe you know you went to college and you thought by now you would know what you're supposed to do but you've changed your major six times and you still don't know what you want to do right you get out of college you graduate college and and you thought that you would have that job that you always dreamed of that just hasn't happened right well then you get married you get married and you thought that you would have a better marriage than the one that you currently have well then you you have kids to fill the void because your marriage is not quite there you have kids to fill the void and now you're just busy and broke And you thought that you would have more or be more than where you are at currently. Well, then you say, well, you know what? Hey, I'm going to try religion. And you frame it around this idea of religion. You say, I'm going to try religion. And you've tried church in the past. But then you get to church today and you've expected more from it than what's currently happening in your life. This was the general mood when Haggai was written. Before we dive in, I want to give you kind of the backstory to the main story. I'm going to give you the, the prequel, if you will, to the book of Haggai. During the fourth year of King Solomon's reign, he started uh, construction on a magnificent temple. I mean, this thing was huge. It was so beautiful that people all over the world would come just to see it. They would come to worship God at Solomon's temple because it was just something special about it. But after Solomon died, people got distracted and they started worshiping idols and their hearts turned away from God. Let me take a little side note here and tell you is is that distraction is the greatest enemy of your success, By the way, distraction is the greatest enemy, and that distraction is not the devil, it's just distraction, okay? We as humans are distracted, okay? If you don't believe me, try to, uh, you know, dads that had kids this weekend, can I get an amen, okay? We are distracted people. Distraction is the greatest enemy of your success, and it always has been. And so what happened here was God allowed a series of events to happen to pull people's hearts back to where they should be. And here are the high points of this. And these are the things that God kind of allowed to happen. In 587 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar and his army actually crushed the southern kingdom of Judah and they destroyed this entire temple, the great beautiful temple that everybody would come and worship at. King Neb just knocked the whole thing down. And this stripped away kind of the spiritual identity of the Jewish people in the time. It stripped away their identity. And then the Jews were taken into captivity For decades, and most scholars believe it's anywhere from 50 to 70 years, they were in uh, captivity. And let me give you a little perspective here. Uh, So if we're going to put this, uh, I'm going to give you kind of the real-life version of this. If we were in 2021, and there's an enemy nation that develops nuclear power, huge nuclear power, bigger than anybody else in the world, and and they say that they're going to bomb five major U.S. cities and ten of the allied cities. 10 cities of our allies and five of our most major cities. They're gonna bomb that, but here's the thing. We can stop it, we can stop it. And the way that we stop it is we surrender. We surrender to them. Now, so we, our country surrenders and now we're no longer free. We're no longer in the country that you and I know that we're able to. We're free to worship and we're free to live. And they, they, now they're in, we're in bondage. And this happens for 50 years. This is all you ever know. Those of you that are, uh, th- that are younger than 50 years old, only, the only thing you would ever know is bondage. The only thing your kids ever know is bondage. Many of you, the only thing your grandkids would ever know is bondage. For 50 to 70 years, well, then, in, then the good news happens. In uh, 538 BC, about 50,000 of these people were allowed to travel back to Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, to rebuild. Finally, after 50 years, we get to rebuild. Imagine the excitement, okay? Imagine. There's liberation. Can you imagine, like, even after one year of a pandemic, everybody is so excited about, like, just living life again, okay? Uh, Imagine 50 years of being in bondage imagine that okay but we started they they came back and they started rebuilding they built the foundation of the temple they built the altar of the temple and then some Samaritans opposed them suddenly they get this foundation and this altar built and suddenly things get a little difficult things begin to get a little hard and it scared them it wasn't as easy as when they showed up to the land it wasn't as easy as when they showed up what is human nature when things are not easy turn away right right things are not easy that so for 14 years after they started building this project the samaritans come and show up and they they oppose them for 14 years this entire project is put on hold For 14 years, it sits there. No progress, there's no prayers at the temple, there's no effort put in, but instead of working on God's house, they began working on their own houses. And so the whole book of Haggai is actually God raising up the prophet Haggai to call the people back to the task of building the temple. And so we're going to start out in... in Chapter 1, verse 2, it's a very short book, just a couple of chapters here, uh, but and we're going to be here for three weeks, and so we're going to break down a lot of stuff. It's going to be amazing, but we'll start in, cha- in verse 1, chapter 2, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says, these people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Now, I want you to understand that everywhere else in the Old Testament, when when the word of God is talking, and, it's, and God is talking here. He describes the people as his people. But in this time, in this instance, he says, these people. These people say, these people, not my people, but these people. Let me just tell you, my wife does this. You know what I'm saying? Like, we thought homeschooling was a great idea until we realized that if you homeschool, the kids are at home all the time. You know what I'm talking about? And then I get the text during the day. I'm at work and I get the text. Do you know what your kids did today? Huh? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, excuse me. I think you were there when this happened, okay? And it was a good time, praise God, okay? These people, the, these people, the, God says, these people say it's not time to build the Lord's house. These people say the time has not yet come. If there's opposition and it's difficult, it must not be from God, right? If there's a problem in the middle of our process, it must not be from God. I must take some time to reassess. It can't be from God. Here's the truth. The closer that you get to doing what God wants, the more opposition you'll face in life. The, more cl- the closer you get to your purpose, the more problems you might have. It's the truth. I don't worry when I face opposition. I don't worry when this church faces opposition. I worry when I don't. I worry when life is too easy because opposition means it's a sign that your life is on the right track. Come on, somebody. It means it's a a sign that you're doing the right thing, that you're following the right path. Opposition is a good thing. You better mark it down. The moment that you feel like you're supposed to do something, that the Lord is urging you to do something and you start walking that direction, it's going to get challenging. Mark it down. It's gonna get challenging. So let me, how do we deal with this biblically? How? How do we deal with this? I want you to write this down. They're gonna put it on the screen, but I want you to write it down. I want you to take a picture of it. However you wanna do it to to, to remember this, okay? You've gotta choose the hard right over the easy wrong. You've gotta choose the hard right over the easy wrong. It's hard to keep building the temple when the opposition comes. It's hard to keep building the temple when people come and and stand against you. It's hard to do that. It's easy to let it go and stop building. Church, let me just tell you, it's really, it's easy to keep your sin a secret. But it's the hard right to confess to God and go to other people for accountability right? It's easy to keep charging that credit card for what you want. It's the hard right to deny yourself and live within your means, right? It's easy to hold a grudge and allow bitterness to rule your life, but, but it's the hard right to forgive as, as Jesus forgave. It's easy to spend more than, than you have. It's hard to live within your means and follow God's plan for your life financially so you can live in freedom financially it's easy to follow the crowd but it's a hard right to be different and not conform in a world that is preaching conformity 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 if you don't conform you are in trouble I refuse to conform to the world. It's easy to get discouraged when people are against you. It's easy to quit, but it's the hard right to stand up and say, this is what I'm called to. Think for a moment. Is there something in your life that God has called you to that he's doing inside of you, but it's unfinished? You've left it unfinished. You've built the foundation and you built the altar in it. Throughout your life, God will stir you to things. There will be seasons. God will stir you to something. But your spirit wants to, but your mind and your body does not want to. You know what I'm talking about? Well, should I go to next? I've been coming to Vibrant for a while. I've been even been attending online. Should I go to next? I really don't know what I should do. Should I do the thing? Let me just tell you, God might be urging you a little bit today. Should I tell somebody about my faith, about what God has done in me? We preached last week about how Jesus is famous for bringing dead things to life, and there's been some things inside of you that Jesus has brought to life, and we celebrated our testimonies, and we sing the song about our testimony, and then we go out in the world, and we don't tell nobody about our testimony. Huh? Well, Pastor Michael, the timing is just not right. It's too difficult. You don't understand my work life here you don't understand what's going on in my family and what happens is you build this foundation and you might even build an altar but you go halfway into it to ease your conscience I'm preaching today I don't know if y'all are but I'm having fun Church, let me just tell you, I'm here to preach to you the book of Haggai to tell you it's time to go all in to what God has called you to do. It's time to go all in. Stop tippy-toeing around it. Stop, you know, dinking here and dunking here. It's time to go all in to what God has for you, amen? All in. Hey, look at your neighbor and tell them, all in. All in. In this season, post-Easter, some of you have been waiting for a breakthrough in your life. There comes this choice that we all have to make to get us there. We've got to go all in. We find in verse 3, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses when this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. I want you to, that's underlined, I want you to remember that. Give careful thought to your ways. He's saying, think about how you're living today. Think about it. He comes back to this later, but he talks about, he opens up this, this, this moment and talking about living in paneled houses. And, and essentially what you have to do is you got to go back and kind of break this down. But living in paneled houses was like high-end living at that time, Right? That was like having a house with two stories, with granite countertops, with the crown molding, with the pool, you know what I'm talking about, with the putting green, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, with like the 88-inch 4K TV that you got with the surround sound, you got all that like, this is what he's saying. Is it time for you to be living in the paneled houses? Here's the thing, and I want to tell you today, is that God's not against you having nice things. He just doesn't want nice things to have us right? God's not against you having nice things. In fact, when Jesus was, this is not in my notes either, this is free, but when Jesus was on the cross, we find that after he got off the the cross, they actually, they were going to give his clothes away, but instead of doing that, they actually sold lots for them. Why? Because his clothes were incredibly valuable. So Jesus didn't have a lot, but what he had was valuable. You know what I'm talking about? So Jesus is not against you having nice things. He just doesn't want the nice things to have you. And those nice things, the problem is, is that when we begin to put the nice things ahead of our relationship with God, those nice things become the things that own us. And let me just tell you, these things are not even necessarily tangible things that we own. God's not against you having that boat. He's not. God's not against you having the boat. But if the boat takes you away from the house of God, you might need to reassess God's not against you having stocks and investments. God's not against that. But if you're investing in the market before you're tithing, you might need to give careful thought to how you live. In uh, reading leadership books, those are great. I'm not against that. I read leadership books; they're amazing. But if you're making, if you're not making sure that your quiet time with God is first priority, if the wisdom of the world gets to be the first voice in your life. You'll live to the capacity of that wisdom. I wish somebody would get that today. You'll live to the capacity of that. Let, let, me, let me just, I'm gonna step, if I'm stepping on toes, I'm going to go all in. What about our kids playing sports? I love my kids playing sports. My son, I don't know that he likes soccer, but I like when he goes. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love that he goes and he plays soccer. Anytime he thinks of liking a sport, I'm like, oh, you want to do that one? Oh, let's do it. That's fine. But if we lead our kids to be more excited about a 3-point shot or a home run than a soul being saved, we better check how we're living. We better check how we're living, family. We got to double check it. We've got to give careful thought to our ways. In what area or your life of your life right now, are you not going all in and putting God first? What area are you not going all in. Are you putting your comfort over your calling today? Your house before his? Are you putting having more over doing more? Are you consumed with yourself rather than consumed with the heart of God? Are you trying to make a name more than you are trying to make a difference? I'm preaching to a church that needs to go all in today. In verse 6, he gives them the symptoms of why they're at where they're at. He says, you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not even warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. You're working your tail off today in the year of our Lord, 2021. You're working your tail off, working two jobs, three jobs, doing all the things, but you're not even satisfied. You're earning all this money, but you never have any left. You've acquired all of the things, you accomplish all of the things, but you still feel empty when you lay your head on the pillow at night. You entertain yourself with everything the world has to offer, but there's still a longing for something more. See, you got to give careful thought to your ways. Are you putting your house, your happiness, your stuff, your wants, your your careers, your relationships over His house, which is true joy that comes from Him? What He's called you to, the ministry that He wants to do in you, the right relationships. See, just as much as relationships are important, the right relationships are important. The right relationships. Do you have some unfinished business with God that you need to take on and go all in today? You need to take that business on and go all in. You know, there's a, there's a couple that Carmen and I, uh, we've traveled with many times and we've gone on vacation with. And uh, there's just, they're awesome, awesome people. Really enjoy getting to be with them. And uh, But in this couple, the husband is actually, um, he's an incredible poker player. He loves to play um, poker. And he's, he's amazing. He's actually gone to tournaments and he's won. Like, he's gone to Vegas and done all the things. But he doesn't do this for a living. He just does it on the side. And, and, and so we, when we go on vacation, we always go play hold'em, right? And, and so we go on vacation. We go play with him. And, you know, every time I sit at the table with him, I'm like, I'm a little... Uh, intimidated? Now, I'm not gonna tell him that. He's probably gonna watch this later. Don't text me. I know you. Uh, I, and so, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a little intimidated because he knows. Like, he, He's one of those guys that can count cards. He knows where things are at. He can know what I have in my hand based off a look I make. Like, I, I could just blink. And he's like, you got a three. And I'm like, I, stop. Like, I, why? So, I'm intimidated, but not that pretty little girl sitting on the front row right there. She ain't intimidated by nobody. When there's cards, am I telling the truth? She ain't intimidated by nobody. Okay? <laughs> Like, it could be her first time. She's like, I'm gonna win. I don't care. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to. She sits down at the table. Let me just tell y'all. She would play her hand and she would, you know, she wouldn't have anything and she'd just kind of duck out. And then the moment she has just anything, y'all, when I'm telling you that, absolutely, she's laughing because she knows the truth. Like, this is her everything. She goes, I'm all in. That's it. That's it. I'm all in. I'm all in, I'm a win. And this guy, who is, Sean's laughing, he knows what I'm talking about right now. This guy that is an expert in poker, he's an expert in hold'em, he's like, well, uh, and he puts his cards in, I'm like, that's just not right, that's not the way you're supposed to play. And he gets out of the game, and Carmen takes everybody's chips, and she walks away and says, I don't care, I won. i, I it doesn't matter to me, I won, right? She knew she had cards to play, so she went all in. How many of us know that you have a purpose? Know that God has called you to something. Know that you have a card that you can play and you maybe put in a light. I'm gonna put a little bit in. Some of y'all need to take all your tips and you need to push them to the center of the table and you need to go all in for what God has for you. You need to give back to your purpose. You need to give back to what he's doing for you because inside of that, you'll find a victory that you've never experienced before. You'll tear down strongholds spiritually that you never thought you could fight. You'll tear down and you'll find a victory inside of you that you never thought could be accomplished, but you've gotta go all in. If you believe that, I wish you'd clap your hands. Clap your hands with me. Some of you have today have been in a struggle. You have felt like you are in the middle of the mud, but I'm telling you, it's time to take the hard, right decision and double down and go all in on the purpose that God has for you. It's the time for you to do that. You know, it gets to this time in, in Haggai in chapter one where they get to they're in a spot here, right? They've got opposition. Life is hard. They stop building and they get called out on, right? They get called out on. And so it's difficult, but I want you to watch what God does here. I want you to watch this. In verse seven, this is what the Lord Almighty says. He says, give careful thought to your ways. He goes back to that. I want you to think about how you're living, but then I want you to do this. Go up into the mountain, bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. There are three things that he wanted him to do. Go to the mountain, bring down the timber, build my house. Can you say that with me? We're gonna take it real slow. Go to the mountain. Oh, we can do better than that. Go to the mountain, bring down the timber, build my house. We're gonna say it again. We're gonna get it. We're gonna, hey, we, everybody, we all learn at different levels here. Go to the mountain, bring down the timber, build my house. Well, we talk about, okay, we'll go to the mountain. Well, I can do that. I, I just got to walk to the mountain. I can get there. I can do that. I'll get to the mountain. Well, then, well, then God said, bring down the timber. Well, man, God, that's kind of difficult. That's kind of tough, right? That's, I, can somebody else do that part? I don't want to do that part. I don't feel like God called me to that part. Can somebody else do that? Oh, then, oh, build my house. Oh, man, I went to the mountain and I brought the timber down, right? I've never built a house before. So you're asking me to do something that I've never done. And I just really don't think that I can do that. You must be talking to them, God. You must be talking to them. How do you follow God's will today? How do you go all in? Step by step one step at a time it's about choosing the hard right over the easy wrong every day with every step with every step too many of us are looking at God to give us steps four through six when we're not willing to take steps one through three we're so worried about the details of a step we're not on when we're not willing to make the step that God has put in front of us His word is a lamp unto our feet. He's gonna show us the steps one, two, and three. We won't see four, five, and six until we take one, two. See, your purpose will be found in in the breadcrumbs of obedience. It's about obedience. So what do you do? What do you do right now? You go to the mountain, you bring down the timber, you build my house. You go all in on it. Well, Pastor Michael, my finances are a mess. Go to the mountain. You gotta get wisdom. I'm gonna bring down the timber. It's the hard part. I gotta live on a budget. And then I'm gonna build the house. I'm gonna climb out of debt so I can be more generous than I've ever been in my life. Well, my body is just not right. I don't feel good. my, My physical body, well, you gotta eat right got to go to the mountain you got to exercise you got to do the hard part you got to bring down the timber and then then you got to build the house you got to sleep well my marriage is in shambles and we just came to church today and we're putting on a face for everybody else but my marriage is jacked up you've got to go to the mountain you've got to humble yourself you've got to bring down the timber the hard part you've got to repent to her or to him And then you got to build that house. You've got to do what you did to make her or him fall in love with you. Well, Pastor Michael, we preached last week about being spiritually alive and man, I felt that so much in my soul, but then Monday happened. And now I come to church again, just needing to be revived. I need something special in my life. I'm gonna just tell you, you got to go to the mountain. You got to give your life to Jesus. You got to give your life to Jesus. And then you got to, then you got to, bring my timber down you got to do the hard part the next step in that is being baptized being baptized in the name of Jesus and for some of you today you're feeling like you're feeling that tug and you want to be baptized let me just tell you we make it very very easy for you we give you clothes we give you towels we give you everything you can walk out just like you came as far as physically but spiritually you'll never be the same because you're bringing the timber down And then you live, then you build my house. You live like Jesus gave his life for you. You go all in living the life that Jesus called. Some of you have made, you need to make that step today. This is what it means to walk in the spirit, going all in spiritually. It's it's about taking the next step. The way to get started is quit talking and start doing. Would you stand with me across the room today? You know, there was a, um, yesterday, something really cool happened. And, uh, I, you know, at Christmas time, my wife, you know, she wanted lights on her house, right? She wanted lights on her house. So we got lights on her house. But the only problem with that is eventually those lights have to come down, right? Right? Amen, somebody, amen. All right, eventually they do. Well, and most people, most normal people are gonna take them down like the week after Christmas or maybe in January earlier. Um, But for me and my house, um, (laughs) uh, as of yesterday, my Christmas lights were still up. And so, yeah, and and it was totally my fault. And I was just, you know, I was kind of sitting on it. But then I've got a guy in our church, his name is Andrew, and and he helped me put the lights up. And he texted me yesterday and was like, hey, bro, I'm coming over. We're taking your lights down. I'll be there like in an hour and a half. Like, I'd put this off for months, y'all. It was like a spiritual gifting. I put it off. Like, I was like, man, I'd do anything so I didn't have to take those lights down. I'd even clean the house. I'd fold clothes. Praise God, I'd do it. Andrew texts me and says, hey bro, I'm gonna be over an hour and a half. I need you to go get a ladder and we're gonna take these Christmas lights down. And y'all, every bit inside of me wanted to sit in my recliner and watch the masters yesterday. Every bit of me just wants to stay right where I was at and just text him to say, hey bro, we're just not gonna do it today. It's too beautiful a day. I'm just gonna watch the masters. It'll be okay. gonna be all right. And then finally, he texts he says hey bro I'm I'm about 45 minutes away are we still good and I said yeah I guess and I went to Home Depot and rented a ladder and came back and and we took the Christmas lights down and then my wife got home from the retreat and I was like look babe we took the Christmas lights down hey (laughs) you know I'm talking about today But I would not have gotten up on that. I would not have got that ladder. I would not have got these Christmas lights down with Andrew if I didn't get a text from him spurring me on to say, look, man, come on, let's go. We got to do this. We got to do this now. Now's your time. Come on. It's a beautiful day. I'm not working. You're not working. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Do it now. Do it now. Today, I'm going to be your Andrew. Some of you have just been living life and you've got some stuff inside of you that you just, you built the foundation, you built the altar, but you stopped right there. You've had this 14 years where you stopped building and you've allowed opposition to stop what God is doing in your life. Let me be your Andrew. Now's your time. It's time for you to go all in. It's time for you to really make that step in your marriage. It's time for you to make that step, that next step and get your marriage right. It's time for you to step up as a parent, go all in. It's time for you to step up into your calling. God has been speaking some things inside of you. We preach about purpose a lot here. Why? Because that's my job as a pastor to see you live out why God has made you. So I want to see you do that. But God has been speaking that to you and you've just been kind of putting that off and putting it on the back burner. Some of you need to go all into your purpose. Some of you need to go all into this church. You've been attending for a while, but it's time for you to make this church your home. You, You attend online. It's time for you to make this church your home and go through next online. It's time for you to go through next and make this church your home. It's time for you to do that. For some of you, you've been battling community and you've been stepping away into isolationism. It's time for you to step back into community and go join a life group. It's time right now that after church, you need to join a life group. You need to do that. For some of you, it's freedom from your sin. And you, what stopped you, that opposition that stopped you was actually your sin life. You built the altar and you built a foundation within the sin just ruled your heart and ruled your life for some of you you need to release that sin and take a step away from that and begin to build God's house in your life you've got to go back up to the mountain and go get some timber today so you can be healed for some of you it might just be the big step of tithing the first step of it let me just tell you an incredible story there's a man that came to me in our church last week he said man before freedom we didn't give it all and then at freedom." The Lord just really put on our heart, said so we, we need to start doing this. And we started giving it freedom. And we had something come up and recently that were like, man, we don't know how we're gonna pay for this. We had this, this, this issue and this issue and that two or three things. Like, I don't know how we're going to do this. But they kept being faithful. They kept building even though where there was opposition. They kept being faithful to giving to the house of the Lord, kept tithing, kept giving. Well, he said, Hey man, I just want to tell you. Friday before Easter, my boss came into me and put a letter on my desk and said, Hey man, just read this when you get a chance. I was in a meeting and I couldn't look at it until he left. I left the office and I pulled up in this letter and I got an 11% pay increase that more than covered everything that we were focusing on. Let me just tell you, it's not a prosperity gospel. It's the law of sowing and reaping and it's his word and you can't deny it. When we tithe into his kingdom, he He goes above and beyond and opens up the windows of heaven. It's not a me thing, it's not a you thing, it's a him thing, okay? It has nothing to do with us. It's about, it's really about us obeying and going all in and keep building even though there's opposition. I'll get off that so y'all get a little bit more comfortable, huh? For some of you, it's difficult right now to make that decision and you wanna go, you wanna make that hard right, but it's difficult. Let me just tell you today, you're making decisions that are going to alter the destiny of your family. You wanna break the generational curses? You go all in, you go all in. Don't hold anything back, don't put one chip in. I want you to go all into what God has for you for this year and I want you to see what you look like on on the other side of this thing. You won't even recognize your life today some of you this just means that you just want to that you're new to this Jesus thing and maybe you've even said you've tried religion what you called and you tried church and maybe even you tried God in the past and you just kind of didn't go all in but today you feel a tug you feel a nudge that you want to go all in you want to give your life to Jesus every head bowed, every eye closed across this room today. If that's you, if you wanna give your life to Jesus today, would you just let it be known by lifting up your hands across this room? If you wanna give your life to Jesus, come on, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, that's awesome. Come on, rededicating your heart. Right now, what I want you to do is across this room, we're gonna pray this prayer today. Say this with me, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe that you died for my sin and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and my life. I trust you and I follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, right now, can we celebrate the people that just gave their life to Jesus? Come on, that's awesome.